BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. is freshly roasted and ethically sourced it's music to your ears shake up the way you wake up at kingscoastcoffee.com what a day for star wars welcome to episode 124 star wars the scotch oh my god tim we got so much to talk about we got so many surprises we got yeah tim tim i just dropped bombs on tim in the in the like we go over the show notes with Paul and everything before we start. It's just all bombs. He doesn't know things that I'm about to say today. It's been it's a very be busy week, so Kevin's on top of it. Thank God. So good. We're off to PAX tomorrow. We're going to Boston. So if you're up in Boston, if you're up in Boston and you want to see me at Tim, just uh, shoot us a message. Maybe we'll go to the bar. No. Watch the Pets game. No. You want to go to Fenway Park again? Don't mess with went to Fenway me. Park last time. I did. I had a great time. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, uh, we're off to PAX, but, um, man, we had the Jedi survivor trailer drop. We had a very good episode of bad batch that, like we said, the end of bad batch is going to have significant impacts on the future of star Wars. Uh, and then Mando was like, here's this bomb. So good. (laughs) Here's this thing you didn't know was going to happen. Also, we found out that there is an heir to the Vizsla throne, which was very interesting. So we'll talk about it in just a bit. But before we get going, make sure you're drinking that King's Coast coffee this morning because that is what's keeping me and Tim awake during a oh, crazy, yeah. crazy week. Um, the pro- So I, I'm going to set the timer on my um, uh, coffee pot tomorrow morning. That way I can drink it on the way to the airport. Oh, you have a morning flight. I have, a ni- I have an evening flight. So. 6.44 a.m. That's a fun flight. one. Yeah. But you can't beat a first-class ticket for $289. So Wow. Yeah. Had to take that one. I did a hacker fare, so I'm jet blue on the way back, but I couldn't pass that one up. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I'm flying first class, but I'm still not going to drink their crappy coffee. I'm, I'm not. Drink King's Ghost. I'm, I'm sitting in the King's back. Ghost. Really, Tim? 
Wow. I couldn't find a first class ticket for $200, Kevin. $289. Okay. I still couldn't find a first class <laughs> ticket for $289. <laughs> But anyway, kingscoastcoffee.com. If it makes you feel any better, I move. I was at the front of the plane for JetBlue, which is business class. They don't have first class. And then um, my mom is coming this weekend to see the kids because she has an event in Orlando. Mm-hmm. So I, my wife and my mother made me change my flight to the first flight out of Boston on Sunday morning. Now I'm in the back of the plane for that. So anyway, oh, wait, Hold on, wait. I have an actual sound effect for that. Hold on. Nope, that's the wrong one. Try again. There we go. That was the best. I miss hitting buttons when I'm talking to chat and messing with them. Uh, I remember when you would show up and I'd be like, hello, darkness, my old friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, way back when. The, the, way during back. During the golden days. Streaming. <laughs> when it was fun. What? Uh, <laughs> Still fun. Kingscoastcoffee.com. Make sure you get some. I'm going to be drinking some at. 5 30 in the morning tomorrow on my way to the airport um gcx uh again star wars fans i can't i have this list of star wars related things over here on this yellow legal pad leak it that i can't show you all right everyone (laughs) pause enhance and then post it on twitter i'll retweet it it was the back of the paper anyway kevin can't stop us if we all work together enhance enhance gcxevent.com slash tickets uh, we got some cool stuff. I, I want these announcements to go out, but Just we're bogged it. down by paperwork. <sighs> Lawyers are no fun. They suck. They suck. They suck. No offense, John, our lawyer out there. Who Sorry, to John. Show. You're great. But uh, uh, yeah, Rosen Shingle Creek Resort in Orlando, Florida, <laughs> August 4th to the 5th. Head on over to g6event.com. Oh, we should have done it in tandem, Kevin. That would have been fantastic. g6event.com slash tickets works again, too. So you can use either one and, and get you there. And I got this nice, I know it's not time yet. It's time soon, next month. But I got this nice Lab 77 comfy sweatshirt that I'll be wearing in Boston as well for uh, GCX. Good. All right. Uh, so I was taking a picture. That's going on Instagram. That was perfect. Me holding my nipples. That's a picture of you holding your nipples. Right this. Yep, that's fantastic. That's going on. That's a story. Hot. Fantastic. Hot. <laughs> what do you want to talk about? You want to start with Bad Batch? Um, yeah, let's get Bad Batch out of the way because it was, it was a short episode and like the really good stuff was like long? really compressed. It was it long was for Bad Batch though. It was a half an hour. As opposed to 25 minutes? Normally they're like 21 minutes, 19 minutes. Okay. I mean, like we had two different stories kind of going on at the same time. So like it was really good. So we know that Echo and Rex have been up to, you know, some, some really interesting things. They're building up kind of like their own little underground network of clones between um, them and people that which, are like underground, like they're actual like clones that are still in the empire. And then they have like which other makes sense for how we meet Rex and rebels. Right. Exactly. Like yeah. perfect sense. Right. So. Yeah. So all this like really connects really well together. We know that Rex was already doing this. Um, so yeah, I like, I really liked, I like really liked watching like echo and, and Rex just kind of like go about doing like their thing. Like that was really fun and interesting. The thing that got me, which, which this entire episode from start to finish, it made me constantly think about the death trooper program again. I can't stop thinking about it. And when we, when we get to, when we get to, um, Hadlock, um, Hemlock and, Hemlock, and knowing You're that Havlock. I'm Havlock, he's, I thought he was Hadlock. He's Hemlock. Um, <laughs> Uh, so when we get to him, we know that he was ex-Republic, sci- he was an ex-Republic scientist, Yep. 
and he got he got removed from the republic because of his uh uh unorthodox practices which i thought was fantastic it's really that's good. always a good right sign a, right away dude i was like oh so he's dr frankenstein perfect literally um, literally. literally dr frankenstein and then and then we find out that he's in charge of the deep science division deep science division has only come up a handful of times in books and like in in uh in shows and stuff like they don't really talk about it very often but we mm -hmm. know that in the deep science division they are doing some really really dark shit yep so i really truly think that they are taking all of these clones that are quote unquote defecting or challenging the empire and they're shipping them off to to wherever the heck they're going and they're they're experimenting on them they are trying to perfect the clone uh, and they know that Omega is a key to this, but I don't know what with Omega equals or unlocks this this next part of the Clone Trooper. I'm really really lost there. Do you remember the the trailer for the zombie stormtroopers, the Project Blackwing virus? Yeah, but wasn't that fan made? There is a canon version of it, and there's a Legends version of it. Um, I thought that video was like fan made. The video is fan made, but the Project okay. Blackwing is legit. That comes from the Galactic Empire's Imperial Military Department of Advanced Weapons. Re Holy cow, that is a mouthful. Uh, Advanced Weapons Research. Um, the Blackwing virus also known as the sickness. Why do I feel <laughs> like Dr. Oh, Hemlock? Shit. Okay, so, so real quick. Somehow be involved in that. So by 13 BBY. So this, okay, so this is the, let me make sure. Okay, this is the Canon this is the canon uh, Star Wars fandom uh, excerpt from for the description. Uh, by 13 BBY, Project Blackwing was active and to capitalize the rumors of the top secret Project Emperor Palpatine named the Death Troopers of Imperial Intelligence after the undead troopers of Project Blackwing, which were also referred to as Death Troopers. So Blackwing, to me, oh, if this no. all stands, feels like the first phase gone wrong or a piece of it gone wrong, and this is how we get to those zombie stormtroopers and like and, and they, there's been a big shift in the lens and i noticed that today i was like man this feels really dark and go back yep. to the other one with the um the what was the the, the monster the zilla beast um mm -hmm. that was also shot in like an alien style like lens mm -hmm. and so it's like it feels like every time we go back to the empire the 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 vibe the lens just the overall just just atmosphere of those shots feels very dark kind of scary a little bit. Kyler was watching with me. I was like, hey, buddy, do you want to like sit next to me? Are you a little scared? Because it was just like, it was it was dark. Um, and so, yeah, I, mean, I definitely could. You, I mean, like, I feel like if they're building up, they're ramping up to this this black wing and they're getting to the, the first death troopers and stuff. Like if you continuously just like every episode, you get a little bit darker and a little bit darker, you kind of like ease them into like essentially a horror show. Even Hemlock's voice is. Dude, he's so evil. So evil. He just talks like this. Who so voices soft. him? uh let me look because i uh, thought that was uh i it sounded like sam uh let me see so bad batch what other episode was he in because sometimes they don't have the credits for the day of he was episode. two episodes ago so season two let's see pabu hemlock no so yeah they don't have the credits from today so two episodes ago was metamorphosis that's the one um, Dr. Royce Hemlock is voiced by Jimmy Simpson. 
Oh, oh yeah. you know him. It's one of the McPoyles. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. It's one of the McPoyles. From Sunny. Holy shit. He's also, okay, he's also in uh, uh, Westworld. He was also Westworld, in Westworld. He Black plays Mirror. The, he plays the man in the black hat when he's younger. Sorry, spoilers. He's in Black Mirror, too. I didn't know he was in Black Mirror. Yeah, he's Holy bald. shit. This, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so Dr. Hemlock is, is I don't know which the McPoyle. McPoyle, McPoyle. <laughs> no, Doyle's the big one. I don't remember. One of the McPoyle brothers. <laughs> he's a good actor. Oh, yeah, my he's God. Really good. That's fantastic. That's really good. So, yeah, Dr. Hemlock is, is straight out of a horror movie. Um, yeah. And even the use of the interrogation droid, the way they, they framed it was terrifying. Because in the, in the past... I mean, in the 70s and the early 80s, the interrogation droid was probably like, oh, wow, you know, sci-fi, cool. Da, 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 da. As you see the strings they, hanging onto it and as it floats. Yeah, it, but after a while, you're like, you see this little black floaty thing, and you can probably giggle to yourself a little bit like, that's good. Okay. The way they framed it in this was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable right now with the use uh-huh. of this interrogation droid. Yeah, because you never actually watch it, like, inject its truth serum into people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never see that you know you see it come in like in episode four when you see it for the first time like the door shuts as it gets closer to leia um yep. like you never actually see it like insert the needle and inject them like all that stuff so yeah like it just it's getting darker and darker like bad batch is starting to get like to that like teen like that older teen kind of like realm which like i'm totally fine with i love dark star wars so bring it the um other thing that I found interesting from that part was when he radios the message to them that barely goes through, he says Project 88, which has something to do with the Seeker. That's, I don't know if it's a coded message or something along so those lines. I couldn't figure out if Project 88 was something that they already knew about or it's something new that he found out about and he was trying to let them know because when when Hunter heard it, like it's it felt like he kind of knew what that meant. Um, this in mind when, when when thinking about this, the last episode of this season is called Plan Ninety Nine, right? And these are, and this is Clone Force Ninety Nine, Clone Force Ninety Nine, Plan Ninety Nine, Project, Project Eighty Eight, and Order Sixty Six. Yeah, so maybe either really like throwing numbers up against each other. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there's significance across the board there, but I picked that out. I was like, that's interesting. Why? Why is that? Um, you know, and they're already setting the the tone for uh they're gonna leave pabu which i'm like oh, just yeah. stay there well, i love how pabu is just like back to normal already ah, like fine. they went through this massive earthquake and tsunami and they're just like eh, everything's back together we built the dock just like okay it's island life Tim. it's like yeah dude jimmy buffett land in star wars they're <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, we'll so, rebuild bring so some happy. lava lava shrimp they're so happy we got to pabu and kyler goes i like the girl the children who are the children? And he's just like, yeah, because he likes it because everyone's so happy there. Like, Pabu's just a really nice place, but we can't let the clones be happy, so we definitely have to rip them out. Record looks like he's having a ball. Record is a just big kid. like, yeah, he's just having the time of his life. And you know, he's, he, he, so this is how I say it. They're either going to leave Wrecker there um, or Wrecker's going to kick and scream the entire way going back under the ship because I don't think he wants to go. Because everyone's saying no. like he's an integral part of the community, and it's just like, oh no, yeah. we need they this finally huge stone in. I got it. Oh, I got it. Um, I want to know your thoughts. All right, so connecting this all, let's say Hemlock is building the Dark Trooper program, which you and me are pretty on board with that theory. Yeah. 
How does Omega connect to all of this? I don't know. And that was, that's what I was saying earlier. I don't know how Omega fits into any of this. Like we still have yet to figure out what makes Omega so special. We can go back to season one and we know that she was having like feelings or inclinations to like bad events or like when things were about to happen, which originally, originally made me think that she had clone, she had clone DNA and she had Jedi DNA. Um, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be crazy to think that, you know, that would have happened. Um, you know, we had Jedi that were on Camino that were training other clones. You know, they were generals. They were there. They were very much so involved. You know, who's to say that it wasn't just a, a Kaminoan scientist who like had some Jedi DNA and just kind of threw it in there? I don't know. I don't I still have yet to figure out why Omega is so important. There's nothing. Nothing has happened since the first season of when she like when we first met her like those first like two or three episodes were like holy shit omega might be a jedi um or might be force sensitive like th that's the only that's, that's the only time i remember going like oh she's special outside of that and knowing that she knowing that she and boba are the same like they are he's alpha, alpha she's omega. alpha she's omega like that's the only thing that we really know about i could be wrong someone tweet at me if i am wrong you guys have been actually been really good about that people have been like very active of like hey you guys have been saying this but i i'm pretty sure it's this um so thank you're you for all that. very nice i don't yeah, read thank you, you for it's being like, awesome you're yeah you're not like mouth breather people they're like actually no everyone's, no, everyone's nice. like hey guys uh you, you know this thing or you, you, you just so you know this thing and i love the way you all correct us yeah so. i think people know by now that we're not like we're not the star wars nerds we just really like star wars we're just super fans we're <laughs> yeah, not like we're alex and molly fans. who know everything yeah that's why i always go to alex whenever i have like a question i'm just like oh hey, shit, buddy. Did alex make a video <laughs> on this uh because he knows that what's, shit inside and out what's funny is i always think something in the next the day out the next day alex has a video out like why is blood i'm like i was just thinking that thank you <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, thank you for doing that. But yeah, I mean, like if there's anything that we've missed in all of these episodes, please let us know. Um, but I do, I still am scratching my head as to why Omega, and I, we know that she's a big part of it. We just don't know why. Yeah, it, 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 there's a few things. So we could be talking about two different parts of this program. Like the Omega program? might have nothing to do with the Death Trooper program. They might just want her back because she might have something to do with the Snoke clone, Grogu, that whole cloning process. And I know oh. we're separated in the timeline, but they seem to be like marrying that whole entire, like how did we end up with Snoke type of situation? Um, that's where this all seems to be headed in my opinion. Yeah, I really, I really, really like the memes. Uh, th there was a meme where it was like, uh, People who are fan, casual fans of the Mandalorian that realize saw that. you saw that that realize that yeah, everything's tying into the rebels or everything's tying into Clone Wars, and I was just like, yeah, that's that is exactly what it is. It's just like a sad Pablo Pascal like on the window, just like it's so good because like yeah, casual <laughs> casual like fans who like started watching Mando or maybe watched a little bit of Bad Batch, um, they're missing out on a lot of the the connections. They're missing on a lot of the yeah. connecting points from other shows that kind of like are all kind of culminating to this point of explaining the the mess up that was the last trilogy. I feel like there's a lot of, and again, we've talked about this many, many times, is that they're using a lot of the media, the, the, um, the shows and the books and the comics, they're using all of this to, I, I feel like, fixing 
the timeline. They're kind of like they're trying to correct the direction that they went to by filling in all the gaps to make it all feel cohesive and make sense so that we you have a beautiful story from episode one all the way to episode nine. You can watch everything in between and it's just like, oh, this was a beautiful story told. And so like that's I think that's just we're missing a lot of parts still. And so like this is between Mando, between Bad Batch and probably a little bit of Ahsoka. We're probably going to get a lot of answers. I think George had a larger story to tell. Oh, yeah. And just never had the resources. I don't want to say the resources because he had the resources, but I just don't think he had the. I don't want to say the time either. I just don't I think, think it was he a told technology. the whole story. I think it was a technology. It was a technological disadvantage for Lucas. And you see it, too, with like Dune. You know, look how they've gone back and they've remade Dune again because now they have the technology in a way to show it in its full you know full glory you know i mean like it's, it's not just it's yeah it's not just star it's not star wars in the sense of like you've got like all these like you know you got the empire you got the rebels like it is like it's like the game of risk at that point with yeah. with with dune and so they didn't have the technology back in the 80s to really truly bring that story to life and i feel like lucas was kind of caught up in the same way like he was always pushing the limits like look at the the one TikTok that that we found where it was like we thought like i feel like the longest time everyone thought the panning shot of the pod racing um scene when they open up on tatooine is cgi but it's a bunch it's actual practical effects it's like q-tips that have been painted and they actually look like people and stuff like little things like that where i'm sure it was like it made more sense in the time for them to do practical because that's all that they had even like today in the mandalorian when all the mandalorians were fighting on the beach i don't think those were all real people i'm pretty sure there were like there was a handful of them that were cgi i really really think that a lot of that was made in unreal and they they had the actual they had actual characters they're real people but on top of that all of the extras i don't think they brought extras in i think they cgi'd them in i think that's all vfx you know John loves to use Unreal and, and most all definitely. That anyway, well, so. I mean, look at it now, especially the latest updates to Unreal. Like you can't like it's very, very hard to tell what's real and what's not. In so, passing. So with with all of that said, I think that probably a lot of this knowledge was passed down to Dave because Dave worked. Oh, most definitely. So I'm not gonna knock George on this one. I knock George all the time, but I'm not gonna knock him on this one. I just don't think there was the space to tell the story at the time so i'm going to say like things like he probably had the plan to fit, tell us like this is the, the clone army started this is how we got to the stormtroopers you know today mm -hmm. and dave probably possessed that knowledge and now dave has formed a story around it mm -hmm. because it's very important to the story like how disconnected did that feel three years ago and we're like well how the hell did we get from that to that yep you know like how do we get from from clone troopers to finn getting talking about being stolen as a child and, and all that. So it's just nice to fill in the blanks with stuff like this. And it's fun. You ever see the meme with um, the, the girl in the club? She's got the drink and the guy's like yelling in her yeah, ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, I've seen the one that just says me watching Star Wars with anyone. Um, <laughs> that's us. So, yeah. But when I tell that, you know, I sit down with my wife and I watch Mandalorian or, or Hunter watches Bad Batch. He asks a ton of questions. Or she wants to know stuff, so it, it's nice to have the knowledge and fill in the blank, and then you get the oh, wow. that makes sense, like that. So, because she was when Bo walked in last week, she was like, "Why is why is everyone standing opposite?" First of all, that guy's family, the Vizslas, hate her guts. Are we talking about Mando uh, now? We're just gonna go right into no. Mando? I'm just saying in general oh. with Star Wars. Yeah, like, yeah I was okay. like, That guy's family hates her guts. Right, exactly. But now they're so like, her, to get, yeah, 
Yeah, so they recognize each other immediately. He gives the caustic comment, and she was it made it a little bit more interesting for her. She said, uh-huh. knowing that the dynamic was there between the Vizslas and yeah, Clan Kreis. So, um, yeah, so we're seeing the blanks filled in with with Bad Batch. And again, I feel like this is the Bad Batch is literally for like I don't want to say super fans, but the the fan fans, the ones who've watched everything. Agreed. Yeah, this is definitely um, for the people who lo- who love Clone Wars, who love Rebels, and like you want that like the filler. Uh, because I think you could still live a very happy Star Wars fan life without ever watching an episode of, of Bad Batch, and you'd be fine. Like, you would be okay. Like, it really does just fill in the very, very niche uh, holes that we kind of, like, have found ourselves in, where it's, like, the people who really want to know, like, that the intricate details of the Star Wars universe. So sec- secondary to that, I will say this, and this is where we go from here with Bad Batch. The next episode is called The Summit. After that's Plan 99. So the summit is going to be what he what what Hemlock and Tarkin were talking about. So this mm-hmm. is going to be a meeting between the two just evil mofos that are running the show. I think it's going to be more. I think we might see Palps and Vader in that. I mean, we could. I mean, we could see all of the. We could see all of the moffs that are already like in power. We could have Grand Admirals. I mean, like it could. I mean, like this could be the next planning stage for like what they want to do. I think he's going to introduce the Death Trooper program to them. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to explain like these. Could you imagine? I would because we've been talking about this for two seasons. I would I would freak Kevin. I think this is it. And then the Bad Batch is going to go to whatever the planet's called. I always forget the name of it, where his laboratory is. And they're going to encounter their undead friend. Do you think do you think Crosshair is going to be dead? I think he's going to be a death trooper by the end of all this. I don't think he's escaping. I think they're going to gut punch us hard. Like, I love that. And I hate it too, because you know, like they're all, they're all hopeful, you know, like even like hunt, like they were like, Oh, you know, he like, so he turned on the empire. They're like he turned on the empire and he, and then like Hunter's like, eh, it could be a trap. So he's like half, like, I feel like Omega and like wrecker, like they're very much so on, in, on like team, like crosshairs coming back. And then tech's kind of like, I don't know. And then Hunter's like, no, this guy's trying to backstab us. So you're going to have like within the group, you're going to have these um, these moments where they're kind of like fighting on the decision of like, do we save them or do we do we just let them rot? And so I think it's going to be it's going to come to a point where like Omega like begs and pleads and cries like he's our brother. Come on, Hunter. He's our brother. Well, we'll see you next week because that's how long we got to wait. I'm excited. two Two more episodes of Bad Batch. And then you it's two the weeks Death Trooper. I'm just like, we we did it, Kevin. We have been riding this train for two seasons, and we've been saying Death Troopers since like episode whenever Crosshair changed and like was leading up that group. So it was like episode like what? Like four? Yeah, it was very something like early that. On. It's been early. So it's like we've been we've been on this, like it's Death Troopers. It's Death Troopers. It's Death Troopers for a while. God, I hope it is. I'm gonna be I'm gonna feel so silly if it's not. So, moving along, Jedi Survivor dropped the story trailer on Tuesday or Monday. I can't remember. Oh Monday, God. I think. It was Monday in the middle and, of my stream. Yeah, no, I saw that. And then I went to your stream to watch your chat go ballistic on you. Um, I was like, I'm going to lots of, lots of interesting information. So, the biggest thing that the whole internet took away from this is that Marin is in street clothes, essentially. So... Um, so you, you learn more about Marin, it seems like, in the book. So we had we talked about this last week that if you want if you want to know like everything that happens in between the, the game it's one four and game, years. game two, five. 
Five, five years. Five, five years. years. It's five years in between uh, game one and game two. A lot has happened. Um, and book two picks up, or the first, the book picks up two years after the first game. So there's been a little bit of development and whatnot. Um, I really like, so far, Marin's relationship with Kel is really fun. I really like that, and I'm very excited to see where that goes. Um, but yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be like, I feel like the book is going to actually going to be like from a storytelling perspective, I think you're really going to want to read this book before you get into Survivor. And you said that plays into the new co-op situation you were talking so, about? Okay, so in the trailer, this is the biggest thing that I grabbed from it is that there is a, um, like a buddy system. It seems like that you can call in like Marin to do mm -hmm. an attack. So it seems like you'll be able to a lot like Guardians of the Galaxy where you can like build up, uh, I mean, I think we talked about this. We even said like a Guardians of the Galaxy style Star Wars game would be sick. Well, I mean, this is, you're kind of getting it in the sense of like, you'll probably get to build up di like different buddies and like level them up and, you know, upgrade them and things like that. But there's a, like it was like Kel was fighting and all of a sudden Marin comes in and she like does her thing and then bops out. But in the book, they talk a lot about her Dathomirian experiences and like her dark magic and stuff that she uses they talk about her ability to essentially disappear and they like really explain it in a really cool way they talked about how like when your body doesn't exist anymore your brain doesn't have like the senses from all of your different all of your different feelings and like your skin and everything else you're not getting that and she's like it feels like you don't even exist anymore and she talks about like how it just all of like just like the the the, the experiences that she goes through and i thought that was really cool because it helped bring Marin to life for me because you really don't get to experience her all that much in the first game she kind of shows up at the end you kind of like have this like power struggle with her and then she's your best friend so like it kind of just it, it you really don't get to experience like hang out with her all that much and then his master is her name seer yeah she like it so you know shit's going on with her we know that when we pick up in the game she's like her hair's gone she looks like more of like a like a diablo monk she's got like tattoos on her face and all that stuff so her character has evolved that's how she looks in real life by the way yeah no she looks like a freaking badass um the thing what's what i find really interesting is they talk about how she is in the book when you pick up and they talk about how like she's beat up and she's tired um she's like she's just had enough and so it'll be really I, I this is just like the first two chapters and so i'm excited to see like how she progresses to a point where she becomes essentially like a sage it looks like when we when you find her in the game so that'll be fun we know we're going to coruscant we confirmed that in the trailer which looks is so good yep so i'm wondering if they use leftover assets from uh 1313 to build coruscant for respawn no you don't think we're going to go to the underbelly of Coruscant? I don't know how they would have been able to get assets from 1313. EA. Respawn was, EA wasn't the one making 1313. EA was the publisher on it. Yeah, but it wasn't Respawn's game. Yeah, but they can share assets. Blizzard it's in and, the same graphics engine. Blizzard did that with Bungie. That's true. I didn't think about that. <laughs> we learned that the hard way in 2021 when trying to build a virtual <laughs> event. <laughs> Could you drop? Nope, can't do it. Damn it. Sorry. Um, yeah, so the, I mean, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see like how far into Coruscant we go. I wonder if it's going to be like, a, do you go to the Jedi Temple? Do you go to the underground? Like, do you go to like, like where Sid's at? You know, like, it, it, is this going to tie in at all to the, to the shows? Like, I, it's, I it's the right to, time period too. I want to go to the um, temple 
you go there. So the Jedi Temple gets destroyed in SWOTOR 2. Um, it's it's a conspiracy. I don't even want to get into it. Anyway, it ends up getting destroyed, and you go to the ruins of the Jedi Temple and is one of the dungeons in the game. And that was fun, getting to see, like, the place where you convened previously is now, like, this destroyed thing. I would love to see, the, like, the ruins of the Jedi Temple again. I know we've it, done it a few times now, but I really want to see Cal, like, go through I don't, it. When was the last time we did that? Didn't Obi-Wan go there back there? No, 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 no. I mean, like, when was the last time that we, in a video game, got to experience oh, probably the Jedi Lord. Temple? A long time. So, like, it would make sense. Think about think about the Venatar. It's in, not in Battlefront, is it? I don't think so. No. No, it's definitely not in, in Battlefront. Think about in Fallen Order when you go to the Venatar and you are, like, in it. Like, you're finding mm -hmm. all of, like, you're just going through it, all the different memories. That was fun. Like that is a ship that is a that is a an iconic ship from Clone Wars. And you got to you got to explore it. You got to go into the underbelly, you got to go into engineering, you got to go through this ship that you've always been you've always seen, but you've never got to really experience. It would it would make a lot of sense for Cal Kestis to go back to the Jedi Temple in the disguise of whatever to, you know, either learn more about the Jedi the Jedi order, try to find more more um survivors, like all of these things um that would I, out of the, the that would i in my opinion that would be the main poi for a coruscant visit i don't i don't really feel like it would make sense for them to do like a bunch of like underbelly missions or going like deep down and like where ahsoka goes down to like the the big um like transport tube where like everyone like all the different like ships can go down to all the different levels and they dock um like i think that would be like cool that'd be neat but i think like your end goal for going to coruscant would most definitely be the jedi temple i don't know of any other yeah. reason why he would go there it plays into the story too most definitely everything that we've experienced so that would be my guess too you know and then we had the reverse where we got to go to the fortress inquisitorius and then we get to see it in obi-wan yeah so you know i i just i love the crossover stuff it's my favorite we also see him hugging grease uh, the pilot in one scene. So I have a feeling either someone's going to die or something. Oh, bad someone's is definitely going to die. Most definitely. We saw more Zepho puzzles. So we know Zephos are going to continue to be a part of the story. I don't think it's, I think it's going to be just like last game where Zephos will be a side piece to the main story, but it still won't be the main focus, unfortunately, unless it's, a, unless it just gets wrapped up at the end. But I don't, I think the Zephos will come full circle in the third game. I think after we get over whatever this next thing is, we introduce, like, I, I want you to tell me who's in the fucking tube, Kevin. I want to know who's in the tube. Uh, but I think once we get through that, because that was a main piece, that has been a main marketing point since the beginning. They did it at the Game Award show. That was like the first thing they showed off in the first gameplay trailer. Um, everything has been focused around this until this trailer. The man in the tube, I don't, I, unless I missed it, that didn't show up at, at all. So I'm really, really curious to see like what that does to the overall Star Wars story, this introduction or reintroduction of a character. And then how did the Zephos get all wrapped up into this? Because we saw, we, I, I swear, the big long neck weapon is most definitely a Zepho machine of some sort. It makes sense. So I think the Zephos were supposed to be the D&D &D Benioff and Weiss movie um, that got canned when season eight of Game of Thrones was terrible oh did you think they were going to was... like they were going to try to wrap it all together with that well their movie was supposed to be about the origins of the jedi and force users and all and the sith and stuff okay so i have a feeling that movie is supposed to be about zepho because that movie didn't happen we lost context on other projects 
So it was probably already written into the lore and agreed upon by Lucasfilm. And then all of a sudden we're like, hey. That makes sense. Yikes. So that's probably why we don't have a ton of information. But we will we will get more. We do see the two bounty hunters we saw in the other trailer. So I think they're probably going to be main characters in it. One of them we think might be the Gendai Dirge from the old Tartakovsky Clone Wars cartoon from the old, old, old one. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, Alex did a video on that actually too. But yeah, there's a potential for... Either it's the same race, Gendai, or it's the same character, Dirge. It doesn't look like Dirge looks in the comics, which would be my reasoning for saying no on that. Mm-hmm. But the potential is always there for slight changes. Now for the good part, Tim. Please tell me. <laughs> the love of God, tell me. This comes from thegamer.com, but it was all over on Monday. The new Star Wars Jedi Survivor story trailer has confirmed one popular fan theory about the new Jedi character who we first saw waking up from the back to tank. Hold on, let me move this over so I can see Tim's okay. face. Hold on, first. Where Pause. in that trailer did it show off that? What did I miss? They're narrating the whole beginning of the trailer, and you don't... They're the oh, one holding the yellow... Was... They're the one oh. holding the yellow lightsaber. Oh, shit. Okay, all right. Well, that explains Ready? a lot. Yeah, go for it. Who we first saw waking up from the back to tank stasis in the game's reveal teaser. The hero belongs to the long-gone High Republic era, a period of peace and prosperity hundreds oh, of years before the Empire. Shit. Star Wars fans were suspecting this mysterious Jedi could have stayed in the stasis pod for quite some time, unaware of what was happening around him. The speculation grew stronger after the game's second trailer dropped in January, where the strange figure talked about his betrayal and could be seen wearing an elegant golden Jedi robe. Jedi Survivor's last trailer features a more detailed look at the clothes where a clear emblem of the High Republic can be seen as pointed out by the Redditor Nora the Explorer. And it's circled on this article, which I will send you right now. Um, so the whole thing tie in with the high Republic in this game, shut up. So the whole thing, well, well, it gets, it goes even, uh, deep, deeper. The era of the star Wars universe has been explored only in books and comics so far this era. However, upcoming animated series, star Wars, young Jedi adventures currently scheduled to air on May 4th will offer more information about the intriguing setting of the high Republic. Oh, Aside from his robe, a more direct hint of his origins came from the character's quote, how could you let the galaxy fall to this unworthy machine of an empire? Clearly, he's not happy to wake up in a completely different landscape of the galaxy and is blaming Cal Kestis and the wider Jedi Order for their fall. That's the meat of it. You can read it at thegamer.com. I wonder if this is going to reintroduce a character that we've already met. So if you look at the lightsaber, it is a crosssaber, much like Kylo Ren's, the Claymore version. Yeah, but okay, so uh, that explains why the Claymore gets introduced. Oh, because they had they had the Claymores in higher. Oh, dude. So there's there. So he's wearing a uh, or they, I should say. We have no idea who this person is. So I'm gonna say it's not, they. It's not Loden. He had a yellow lightsaber, but he's he's Twi'lek. It so could that be, doesn't work. Uh, what's his face died. Um, the other Jedi with the uh, God. I remember forget their names now because it's been this is what happens when you Maybe try this, and tell so this might just be an introduction of a new character and then and then what what could happen kevin is that if we go back to the high republic with um uh uh um who's crow um i am uh inevitable who's this guy um i we haven't we haven't seen him in a bit high republic character when we go back to that time with the 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 um What's his name, Kevin? Elzar Man. Elzar's no, the, the bad guy. Died. Bad guy. Oh, uh, Markeon. 
if we go back to the end where we left Marky on row on the gaze electric with the robots, if we go back to that part of the high Republic, we could then get answers on the background to that guy. Cause yeah, I was thinking it might be, um, or well, okay. So that's hundreds of, that's like what? 200 years before episode one, right? Ish. Yeah. ish. Maybe a little bit more than that. So I wonder if this is going to be an acolyte character. Oh, could be. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good theory. Yeah, I don't think okay, it's someone so like, we know already. No, I don't think it's someone we know, and it 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 probably couldn't be someone from the time periods that we've already covered because Bacta at the point that we pick up with the High Republic, they're just learning about Bacta. They're just starting to farm it and use it for healing. This guy's in a Bacta tank. How long has he been in that back to tank for? We don't know, but it's definitely after the point at which it's after the the great cataclysm, the, the um when the meteorite hits the planet. Um, it's definitely after that point. So for it to be an acolyte, for him to be introduced an acolyte would make a lot of sense because that's only a hundred years. It's leading right up to that point. He could be introduced then. It it it's a new guy. I guarantee it's a new character, but I would say your theory on Acolyte could match up pretty nicely. So the question would be, why is he in stasis? Maybe right. that story is told in Acolyte. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the question would be, who put him in stasis and how, like, how did he get it? Like, I have a million questions about this and we're not obviously going to answer them today, but this opens up such a can of worms mm-hmm. because this means that if stasis works this long, there could be Jedi frozen and Sith frozen all over the Well, we know that there are galaxy. some Jedi frozen because when, when Obi-Wan went Fortress to the, Inquisitorius. When he went to the Fortress Inquisitorius, he saw those Jedi that were frozen in that amber. So we don't know if those were trophies or they were. Well, or, we don't know. We don't know if they're alive. alive or if they're dead, but we don't know like how like stasis works really in Star Wars. Like we've never really run into anyone who's been frozen in time. We might we might be learning very soon. <laughs> Holy shit, Kevin, that's so interesting. And I kind of like that it's not um it's Star not Killer. what's his face? It's not Star Killer, it's not Vader's apprentice. I really like that they're kind of doing something different because it feels more natural. Like, okay, it would have been like they definitely from the gamer's perspective, I think people would have freaked out. But I think from the overall like Star Wars fan experience to to continue to have this cohesion and callbacks to stuff that you're already experiencing makes everything feel more connected it just makes you feel more in it and just kind of just just you're just in everything because you just like everything starts to make sense you're kind of kind of scratching your head going like well who the hell is this guy because i feel like a lot of new star wars fans be like well who the fuck's this guy why is it so important but it's really cool to like have everyone being like oh this is so cool instead of everyone like ah star killer like it just it feels it just feels more monumental i guess i think that's i'm there i'm a lot a lot more excited for this character now than I was before. So we will see. We have about a little over a month. Oh, um, I I am most likely, I know I don't stream that much anymore, but I will probably be streaming this nights to keep pace, to try and keep as close pace with Tim as I possibly you have can. To. So. There's no way in hell that I'm stopping, Kevin. I can't do couch gaming for this one because then, like, you know, like, I'm like, Tim, like, oh, I'm I'm 30 hours into, you know, this game. And then Tim's like, I finished that, like, two years ago. It's like, Kevin, that was two months and you're still... I was, the other day, I was like, I started part. Halo Infinite. And he's like, why? I was like, that's a trash <laughs> game. Move on. <laughs> he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, just wait. 
so I've been rebuilding my streaming setup at home. I, I need some electrical work done, but it's functional. I'm moving it, by the way, Tim, to the other wall so mm -hmm. I can use the white wall to like put shit on. Nice. So I'm going to put a junction box on the center block wall. Um, so I, I, I can stream it regardless. So I, I will most likely be streaming this probably three, four, five nights a week. And I already have permission from my wife, nice. Star Wars. Yeah, so it's very important, it's like, Danielle. Yeah, she understands. So, and plus for the show, I want to be able to talk about it on the show. So, um, most likely I'll be streaming this, not interfering with Tim. Unfortunately, Tim, I will not be able to watch you while you're streaming it. So, I'll just keep you on, but you know, muted in the corner. You know, it's wild though, is that the first time when I did, when I did Fallout Order, all I remember, I remember a big portion of the beginning of the game going, Kevin, 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 <laughs> someone get Kevin. You watched me. You came in my stream when I, I watched the beta reveal. Because mm -hmm, I had already, I had just beaten the game and I ended my stream and I was like, oh, Kevin's streaming. And I went over to see where you were at and I had just finished it. And so I was just like, I have to watch to this. To this day, I think that was probably one of my top five stream reactions captured on. I have the video of it. I just went, because <gasps> I heard him. The and I was like, <gasps> you knew it was coming, dude. You knew it was coming. <laughs> That, that whole so last excited. part of that game was phenomenal. Masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Masterpiece. Mm -hmm. So we'll see what they have in store for us this time. A little over a month away. But uh, I, this excited me. And I, I don't even know if they have anything left to show it. Um, That's okay. All right. So gameplay. Before we get before we, we head on to our commercial break, the uh, Star Wars Celebration is brought to you by Jedi Survivor. Okay. So just keep that in mind. Keep that in mind that Jedi Survivor is the main sponsor for Star Wars Celebration. And so I would assume that we are going to get way more information dropped on us. And I think that is a, this is a huge reason why they pushed everything back because we were supposed to be getting this game. Now the game's been done for a bit. Now they're just polishing everything. And and you allow you allow people to just salivate even more. And so I think honestly, Kevin, I think we're going to get way more dropped on us at Celebration. I hope they do the more theatrical version like they did in 2019 and have like the stasis pod and like, yeah, that was remember they brought out the, the purge troopers. Uh huh. Yep. It was really, really good. Yeah. Vince was on that. stage. It was, it was fantastic. I want that. I want that again. Yeah. Yeah. I want to put the, I'm going to put the, the stasis pod right there. I love yeah. it. Do it, please. Yep. I'm going to make it happen. All right, cool. Commercial break. We'll be right back. Mandalorian. <laughs> I can't believe we have more to talk about. I know. All right. We're back. And I have another bombshell for Tim, but we're going to save it because he didn't put two and two together on this episode. So we will uh, uh, talk about it. So let's talk about um, the Mandalorians first. So yeah. we get to see this is the beginning of Grogu's training, essentially. Yeah, that, that was a Mandalorian. It was adorable, but he kicked that Ragnar kid's ass. I love that his name was Ragnar. Ragnar Vizsla what a what a strong name but yeah, now really we know like that it. there is an heir to the Vizsla house as how do well the, how do Mandalorians make children if they can't take their armor off I mean, you can leave you don't need that part to you can't take your helmet off oh man that's kind of hot just not gonna bonk, lie bonk, bonk, <laughs> So yeah, that's uh, that's these are that's the things they... that I think about. How do Mandalorians procreate? I mean, it's a fair assessment on that. I think that's John Favreau's real son too. By the way, oh my god, um, that would be so cool. That's actually his kid. 
I think just by the way he looks and talks, I was like, is that his kid? Let's look, because he was in the first first episode, right? He was in the first episode, and I thought he was dead. I really thought that bird was going to eat him. A raptor, which, which was... I, I thought at first was a dragon, because you don't really see it like up close. It kind of just like swoops in, grabs the kid, and then just fucks off. Um, I thought it was I, a dragon. My son was like, that's not a raptor. And I was like, well, it's Star Wars. Like, suspend your, suspend your disbelief for well, just it's a, a moment, Well, it's son. a bird of prey, so then, therefore, by definition, it's a raptor. So um, he's thinking from a dinosaur. He's thinking, like, that's not a velociraptor. Um, uh, Carl Weathers also uh, directed this episode. I and forgot I he, he made a tweet about that, that this was his episode. He did a good job. He did a very good job. It was well done. I thought all of the action scenes were really fun. I liked the Mandalorian chase, like with the jetpacks as they were like flying. They're like, oh, my, uh, I'm out of fuel. Like that was fun. Like that was really enjoyable. Watching Bo just kind of like haul ass with her ship. I love her ship. That is, it has become one of my favorite outside of the Fondor. um, I really, really like her ship. It is just really cool. And it's like every time I see like her ship or I see the Fondor um, or even like with the, um, uh, uh, what was, what was, uh, the starfighter, the, the Naboo and one starfighter that Mando flies. That's just like a muscle car in space. Like that makes me want a Star Wars Star Citizen so badly. I just want to just collect ships and fly them. It is not John Favreau's son. I just confirmed that it's not. Ooh, it is the child of an actress and a writer, producer, director, but it is not. Oh, it's so Favreau's cool. Son. Good for him. Good job, kid. So um, we, we see the beginning of Grogu's training. Side mission, like you said, they have to kind of go off. And again, it is a side mission. If we go by the video game formula, they seem to be following. It works in it. You know, um, Bo is going to earn the respect by saving what we find out halfway through the episode is, Vaz, is Paz Vizsla's kid. Uh-huh. Um, which, again, I, I find that to be more significant than people probably think is that there is another Vizsla on the horizon. So what's Clan Kree's doing? Mm-hmm. You know, because if, if the Mandalorians are going to rebuild, that means we got 20 years until the First Order takes you know till we get to episode seven mm-hmm. uh where are the mandalorians and all of this and who's exactly. running the show mm-hmm. so uh very interesting on that front uh beginning of grogu's training which was adorable and then he gets his little new piece of armor he's got a little, little little chest plate which was really I was cute like, i thought he was gonna get a shield i thought he was gonna have this little shield but it just sits so, like uh, sits right there it's cute aside from all of the mandalorians working together you know, the Harmony bow kind of adopting the creed again, uh, which is very interesting. Yeah, I'm um, a little torn on that. I like I, I thought it I was am really, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm very torn on how she is so quickly to accept the way when she was so very much against the zealots last season. So she might just be respecting them and at the may, moment. Maybe just to because to, she knows she saw the mythosaur. She talks about it with the armor at the end. The armor is like, yeah, that's a vision. Cute. Uh, so, this, is the um, way. this is the way. So she she might just be respecting them instead of trying to disrespect them and realizing that to unite Mandalorians, she really needs to probably respect the different ways. They, Agreed. Because at the end of all of this, I, I really I can't see her not ending up as Mandalore the Great. I think I, it, I think it also showcases that she understands her sister's fails. Like she understands that her sister tried to go so far into the pacifist realm and and not acknowledge the history and the traditions of the Mandalorian people, which caused a fissure. Now, from a progressive standpoint, totally understand. I get why why she did what she did. But Satine was so hell-bent on being a pacifist that she got herself killed for it. 
Yep. And so and I think Bo understands that there is a balance between like acknowledging and keeping the old ways and also living by a new, I guess, creed or a new way of being Mandalorian. And I think right. that is, I think that's going to be Bo-Katan's purpose in all of this is I think she will end up being Mandalore. I think she will reunite the houses. This is going to be a game of Thrones. Like, again, I keep on saying this. This is going to be a game of Thrones style 100%. storytelling where she is, she is the, the main point in all of this. And it's, and I think it's gonna be a beautiful story because it's going to be like, she failed, she fell, she, she lost everything. And then she gets to build herself back up. And I love that for Katie Sackhoff. Cause it's just a great way to continue building Bo-Katan's character. Yeah. And you know, even Paz is respecting her by creed and culture when yeah. he was like, you're the leader of this, this expedition, whatever they called it. Uh, you can eat yeah, by the hunting fire. party. He could have been a dickhead. And he, he could have been a dickhead. I mean, like, no, nah, go over there. I don't like you. Yeah. You know, and she but, probably would have done it, too. She probably would have just accepted it as that's the way she doesn't know. Um, but for him to give her that acknowledgement and that level of honor of being like, no, you get to sit by the fire. And I thought he that also, was sick. She's the one that tracked it down and found his son when their jetpacks ran out of fuel. And, and stuff, I think so. that was also probably a, 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 a nod to like, hey, like, I owe you one. Like, and, and yeah. like, honestly, like, he probably owes her a debt. Or, or Mando, he owes somebody something. So we'll see how that progresses. I can't wait to see them riding those three full-grown raptors. Oh, the little in the later baby episode. raptors are so cute. She's like, we found foundlings. I was like, they probably found more kids that were like still kind of alive. And then the baby raptors come out, and they're like eight feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, terrifying. They're definitely, they will be riding those at some point. Most definitely, this is going to be, ma- could be when they awesome. when they do the drop ship part. You know, the the one scene from the trailer where it's the Mandalorians dropping from the ship. There, you're going to see guys riding on these raptors coming in for that. Whatever that fight's going to be, it's going to be sick. That's the Mandalorian part of the episode. There is not much meat to the bone. It was a good, it was fun, like precursor to what's happening. It was good story. Good side quest. The thing that was poignant was Grogu's PTSD returned. Huge. Huge. So it takes us back to Order 66, and it takes us back to the moment he was taken from the Jedi Temple. Mm-hmm. And the Jedi that are protecting him that we saw in a previous flashback are saying, bring him to Kelleran Beck or bring him to Kelleran. They don't say his last name. Oh, bring I didn't hear Kelleran. that part. Bring him to Kelleran. They can't, you got to watch it. It's closed captioning. I got to put it the, the only co- way. I should have put it on. Kyler kept on going like, who's that? Who's that? And I was like, Shh. first time around, I always watch with closed captioning just so I can see I place names. People, I usually do that. I forgot to do it this time. So they're yelling, bring him to Kelleran. Kelleran. So that, no, no, don't look it up. Don't look it up. I want your genuine reaction here. So Kellerin, as it turns out, is played by Ahmed Best. Who played Jar Jar Binks. Who played Jar Jar Binks. Kellerin is the host of Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge. Oh, they brought Which is back. our Legends of the Hidden Temple. It is that character, Tim. It is that character. It is not just, it is him. It is the same character. So they literally tied the freaking game show into... The story. Uh, that's cool. Right? Okay. Because so do we have to go w- watch this game show now? That's my immediate reaction. I was like, I gotta go home and watch this with Hunter Who- now because. Oh, shit. So because because and you know how many people they're probably they're probably watching the uptick on Disney Plus of Jedi Temple Challenge right now. Like, ooh, <laughs> you all watch that show because at first I, I was even, like, I thought they canceled it. It says 2020 dash on IMDb. 
which usually means the show's not canceled. So I don't know. I I remember seeing it was canceled too. So I don't know what's happening here. Anyway, so I I immediately said to myself, okay, maybe they're just throwing him a bone because just like he was Jar Jar, and then the show he, got canceled. And he hates and, and and they made him like hate himself for for doing that. Like the Star Wars fandom with Jar Jar and him was terrible. So Sorry. I was like, okay, maybe this is like a new character. But then I went and looked up the credits on Jedi Temple Challenge, and is the same Jedi's name. I was like, oh my God, they're tying the two shows together. And I went, this is his redemption. Anakin and Hayden got his. This is Ahmed Best has now taken probably the most important character in the modern era of Star Wars, aside from Luke freaking Skywalker. I say that with, with reservations. There's others, but you know what I'm saying. And has saved him from the Jedi Temple. If that's not a redemption arc for that actor. Yeah. I mean, you're right. He gets to actually have like a really cool character now. And were those Naboo soldiers yes, they helping were. him? Yes, they were. And that, that was, was the a exact, Naboo ship, right? That was Padme. That was the same ship. Is that Padme's ship? I was going to ask you. I don't know. I don't. It's the same. It's the same class. It is the same ship that you see in episode two when Padme and Anakin are flying around. They're, they're going to Tatooine and they, like all that shit. It's the same ship. Those are Naboo guards. He knows those guards. They knew each other. So there is a tie-in. There's a tie-in with the with Naboo and him, and I don't what know what it is. Him, what makes this child so important I, that Jedi are willing to die for him? And then those Naboo soldiers were like, "Go everything. take him. We're everything. dead. We're dead." Like, well, there's yeah, because no one, clone shock, his shock troopers showed up. Those, like, yeah, it, those. Those were the, like that was some heavy artillery. I mean, I mean that clone. The, the entire chasing was awesome too. The clone troop, a transporter that was going through the freaking tunnel and got hit by a train. All of that was amazing. It was fantastic. And, and you're right. It definitely continues to build up the importance of Grogu because of how intense that entire scene was. Why are the clones chasing him? Why are the Jedi sacrificing themselves to get out? That was not like a normal, like, I'm going to sacrifice myself for no. the betterment of man. That was like, we need to protect this child and get him out of here. But why do the Naboo guards know that? Like, that's the part that threw me off even more. Why do the Naboo guards know that? Why is it Kellerin? They're not just saying, get him out of here. They're bring him to also, Kellerin. Can we talk about his robes? Freaking awesome with the inlays. He looked, okay. they looked like High Republic robes. That's what I thought too, Kevin. I thought the exact same thing. It looked way too ornate for a normal Jedi. I can't think of a time in the cinematic universe where we have seen Jedi with gold inlaid uh, designs on the on like the pellets of their of their robes and stuff. Like it was, he looked really fancy. He looked like he was of like like a higher order. I don't know what it was, but there was something, there's something very, very special about him. He also dual wields like, like Ahsoka does. Um, you know, seeing like the green and blue at the same time. Fantastic. I love that. So his fighting style was really unique. Um, I want to know more about this guy. And, and hey. also I want to know why does he take him out into like, why does he leave him there? What happened to him? Where is he now? Is he dead? I, oh, that I, is not the last time we're going to see. No, there's no way in hell. These flashbacks are going to get more intense. They're going to ramp up just like they did for, for a din in season one. It's going to get more and more. And then we're going to get to the end of the season and we're going to get the full picture at the end of this. I guarantee you, we're going to get all of the flashbacks that we got in season one, all the flashbacks in season two. And it's just going to be one big story. I bet I guarantee you it'll be an episode that is all about Grogu and it is just the clone wars. They're, like Din probably won't even show. He'll be like be there for the beginning, and then he's gonna go into like a trance or something, and it's gonna be the entire story at the end. So, yeah, I, I, we're gonna see more of him. 
I noticed too, like it's always, tr- it's always tr- trauma that Very brings back so. like Obi-Wan experienced the same thing. And his flashbacks would come up, you know, in reference to his trauma, Grogu, same thing. And Grogu's so little. That's the sad part. I know he's 50, but like in he's his baby, he's a baby in his mind. So it's really upsetting, you yeah. know, that he had to live through that and, and whatnot. But my God, the implications of what that, that puts on us I, again, so many people are not going to know who that is. But once you find out, you're like, oh, yeah, oh, this is his redemption. But now even more important, he gets to he gets to play as an actor. Again, we said this with Hayden, how happy we were when he walked out on celebration. He got the standing ovation and he's like, I want to I want to be back. I want to do it again. I want to be a part of this, which leads us all to believe, like, we're probably going to see him in Ahsoka, even if it's just a flashback to Malachor. Um, Oh, God, I please. (laughs) So, um. Now uh, Ahmed Best gets to do the same thing. Like he gets to be a new character, reinvent himself in the Star Wars universe. Could you imagine though if it was? And we're all on the sidelines, like you, you go, boy, you go, you, you reinvent yourself, you, you be that character, you save the baby, like you go. This is great. It's great. It's great. I just, I feel so good. But how elated and pissed off do you think the Star Wars fandom would have been if it was Jar Jar Binks that saved him? (laughs) (laughs) Misa, get your safety. And the Get entire the time he's just making accidents. The what entire he he drops Grogu okay. and Grogu wait, like wait, hits wait, a clone wait, and then he picks him back up. Wait, like, wait. what? If we're what if we're going back to Naboo? Oh and fuck! And Teller and meets Jar Jar. <laughs> Sen- Senator Binks, I brought you this fe- this youngling. Oh, you said brought me a baby, but he's doing both. He's doing. He's going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, hey, John, Dave, please! Dude, want, that would be I hysterical. Want, as much as I hate Jar Jar Binks, I really want him to be Grogu's babysitter. Just, just one, two minutes. Just, just that's all minutes. I need. Just, I just. Oh my god, that would be hilarious. That would bring the whole thing just full circle. That would be one of the greatest moments in the history of Star Wars, given the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, <laughs> I mean. That I, I felt like they had the side quest episode plan and they were like, what if we drop another flashback in here? Because <laughs> they know people don't like side quests as much. Uh, okay, all right. So here is here is my frustration is that I I actually I liked the Grogu part of this episode way more than the Mandalorian side quest. I mean, everyone's gonna say that. That's just yeah, that's like a given. last week's episode, I enjoyed the dr pershing section more than i enjoyed the mandalorian part like i I, it's it's odd like i really it's odd to me that i find all of the other information far more exciting but like mando mando in his current state doesn't have have a lot to offer like he's kind of just like he's just doing his thing so there's not a lot of story development in that standpoint so i'm really glad that they're using this opportunity to really fill in the blanks. And I've been finding that really fun and entertaining for me. But then I go and look at comment sections. Like I uh, I wrote yes, uh, last week, I said that this was by far, it was a masterpiece of an episode. I really, really enjoyed it. And then people were like, people were leaving comments and saying like, they were dissecting like, well, the fucking lollipops were glowing. I was like, it's the it's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Like what? why wouldn't they be like illuminated in some sort of bioluminescent lollipops? Like why not? Like all of that stuff, like people were like nitpicking at the smallest of things and it just, it didn't make any sense. And it felt like the, the fandom isn't excited unless shit's blowing up and lightsabers are being waved around. 
And it's just like, man, you're missing out on so many details and a great story being laid out in front of you. And all you can think about is just like, well, this is boring because they're not shooting each other. Like, it's just like, I don't know. That's kind of frustrating that some Star Wars fans have come to this, this expectation that if it's not in the vein of a Star Wars movie, then it, or like a, like a, a Rebels episode, then it's not worth their time. Yeah. Uh, again, I understand that not every episode can have lore bomb drops because then it, it, it'll dilute the content. Oh, sure. So I'm fine with it, but mixing and matching like they did in this episode and they did in the last episode, keep it's doing perfect. it. It's perfect. Keep it's perfect. It's a it. great cadence because you don't have these weird, like you did in season two, where it was like filler, filler. Oh, that's really good. Filler, filler, filler. Like it's now it's a filler with then a drop in it as well. And it's kind of like it's just woven together where it's just this nice cadence. I really like breaking up the story. It feels like Last of Us Part Two. Where you do a little bit, Abby. You did, a, and then and then you go back, and then you're you're checking out what happened with Joel and Ellie, and then you play Ellie for a little bit, and it's just like it feels good. It just like I really like this cadence of being able to follow along with two, essentially two different stories at the same time, and they're all interconnected. Look at Grogu's chase scene. We ended up right back in in the city in the city center place where the the peak of of the highest mountain Coruscant was right there. We were literally there last week with Dr. Pershing, but we got to see it from a different angle at a different time. Like that was really cool. And it's just like, they're doing a really good job of just weaving it all together now. It doesn't feel as, as, um, as jarring as it did in the last two seasons. Like it just, it feels really, really good. Also that like World's Fair-esque place where they went is taken directly from Ralph McQuarrie's original drawings of Coruscant before it was even called Coruscant. Oh, that's so interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, I saw a comparison to it. It's in that book I and have it on did, my desk. And it did have a very like like um, Chicago World's Fair kind of yep. kind of vibe. That was the to vibe it. they were going yeah. for. That's awesome. Um, so I mean, it, it's funny because again, Star Wars loves to do this. It's like you got the answer you wanted about who got Grogu out of the temple. But now we've introduced you to 10 more questions you have about who, what, where, when, and why. Yeah. And, like and now hope, I'm like, oh my God, what was this? Naboo's involved? Like this is so Yeah, and, and I really I, but I really hope that people, the people that were upset with last week, I really hope that they 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 saw that and it, and it, and it kind of like re-energized them and hooked them in because there's there's just so much. Do you understand the ramifications of Naboo being involved in this? Because at this, uh, at this, at that moment, at that moment where we're left off in the flashback, Padme is still technically alive. Because Anakin is still on Coruscant. Yes. Here, oh boy, oh boy. Anakin was Ready? in. Anakin was there at the, the temple, temple the exact He's same the time. He's in the temple. What if? What if? What if Anakin is? It's part part of his mission is he's looking for him. Oh. That would explain the younglings. Oh my God, Kevin! That would explain why he slaughtered the younglings. He went looking what for if, Grogu. What if there's this like outside of Revenge of the Sith? What if Palpatine was Palpatine was like, bring me, bring me the child. Like I'm just saying, calling him the child because that's what we called him. Bring me the child. What if we get a flashback at some point? What if a part of Anakin's mission was yes, burn the Jedi Temple, destroy it, bring the clone troopers, blah 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 blah, but bring me Grogu. Holy shit, that would make that would make so much more sense why Anakin went there. Because even going back to last week with the with the. If we stick to the Grogu's, probably one of the first Force clones to ever work out, if that's the case, and it was taken from Yoda's DNA combined with Palpatine's, there's also this 
theory now with all of this with Luke's hand. Remember, I still, originally. I still don't think Grogu's a clone, though. It, it, I'm just throwing it all out yeah, there because yeah, yeah, of the yeah, cloning I'm still, stuff. I'm still just kind of like having a hard time. Luke's with hand is potentially being held in the facility where Dr. Hemlock is. Right. Which leads to more questions remember about that, But remember, cloning. like we wouldn't see that. That's after Empire before Return of the Jedi. No, I, I, I know. I know. But it's still the hand is there probably. I, but I mean, it's not there yet. It's not right. there yet. The only I reason why I bring that up is I wonder when we get to that point of like, I wonder how they kind of loop that all in. Right. So once they have Luke's hand in the in the facility, again, it leads to the Snoke thing like, oh, well, now we could take Luke's DNA because remember in Legends, Luke has a clone. Yep. So but yeah, what if Anakin was was part of his mission was to retrieve the child? And again, it, it adds to the importance of him. Yeah. And that's why they're like, get, get him to Kelleron, get him out. Yeah. And that's the, why Naboo is involved. Maybe that's that's, that's the big part. Naboo, the, the, the introduction of Naboo royal guards. Remember, these are the same type of guards that were protecting Padme, um, that they were yes. fighting with Padme when they were when they were taking over the capital, taking back the capital from the Viceroy. And so, like, we've seen, like, all of this is very familiar. If you've watched episode one or episode and or episode two, all of that is should be very, very familiar to you. So the introduction of that into this dynamic it just makes no sense because I don't know where the Naboo government comes in, other than that they had they had an, they had a um, a job to do with with Padme. Like there was something. They were, Padme's wrapped into this somehow. Then I would assume she has to be. Well, here's the thing: is is Padme was in that little group with Bale and Mon Mothma? Yeah, she was a part of the, of the, the, she, the original rebels. Right. So. But we know they're not involved because Bale rolls up to the temple and he's shocked as to what's going on. Right, exactly. Unless he's and shocked at the attack. Or <gasps> what? what if Bale sees what happens when he's at the temple as he's driving away? And if he knows of this importance of Grogu, messages and starts coordinating to get him out. That would happen so that would have to have happened so fast. I mean, to clear the Jedi Temple is not happening in five minutes, Tim. No, 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 You're no, no. talking I, hours. I agree, but also, why would Bail Organa have have any connection to N the Naboo government? Because through Padme. Yeah, but I mean, like, I feel like if... But he's from Alderaan, so, like, I would, like... Maybe he didn't have the resources of it. Maybe Padme was the one that had the resources but available Padme, to make this but happen. But Padme was already... Unless... Unless it's all a ploy by Palpatine, no, who's Padme also from was, Naboo. Padme was in the apartment. I'm going to have to go back and watch this scene in episode three, but I think she's in the apartment. Doesn't she see the fire and the smoke coming from the Jedi Temple? Yes, I believe so. From her apartment when she's like, she like wakes up and she's, oh shit. What if Padme's, Padme's wrapped up in this somehow? I'm watching the scene right now on YouTube. Padme, it's in Padme. Spanish, but I know it's happening. Hola. <laughs> I don't know how that's what Almost I got. Almost die, Yoda. We're, we're just, because we're just, it's Star Wars Latin America YouTube channel. Come on. Man, I am very, like, the more I think about this, the, the more questions I have is, but that was a big, that was definitely the, the biggest question for me is when we got to the landing pad and the Naboo starfighter was sitting there, I thought it was going to be Padme. And then you see all the guards kind of come down on the ramp. Padme's in her apartment before like she yeah. knows something bad's gonna happen i think she is because anakin comes to her and he tells her that there's something that he has to do he doesn't like he's got to go slaughter everybody 
He comes and sees her after he becomes Darth Vader. He goes back to Padme. He has this lovey-dovey moment. He says, stay here. There's something I have to do, and then we'll be safe, and blah, 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 blah. She is in her apartment because C-3PO says Master Anakin has returned to the Jedi Temple, and she sees it on fire, and she's worried about him. Yes, you're right. Yes. Found it. Yes. Okay. So All right. She's still there. Okay. So this is how we wrap episode three into the Mandalorian with Grogu. Here we go. This is my, this is my expectation of what's going to happen. Padme, Padme and that Jedi know each other. And she, she probably calmed over to him, said, hey, I've got a transport or whatever waiting for you. And, and she knows that he, like, maybe he's bringing a bunch of younglings. Maybe she knows that something's bad and he has to bring the younglings. But at the same time, I don't know why Grogu is the most important one that they have to get out. That is the part where I have a big question mark. But I think, I think if we connect the dots, I think Padme has, has control over that ship and the guards. And she calms over to them because, you know, she is, she's still a senator. So she's got a detail. That's her ship. That could, no, that couldn't be her ship because she took a ship off to Mustafar. So for them to have a couple of those ships would make sense. You know, from Naboo to Coruscant, you're transporting people. You're taking Senator blah, 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 back and forth, the queen. So for them to have a ship on standby would make sense. I think that they're going to wrap that up and they're going to bring Padme into the fold, which would then explain more of like why she's so distraught because she never actually got to see what was happening at the Jedi Temple. She didn't actually go there. She just knows that something bad happens, and then she finds out that it was Anakin that did it. So I, I think, I, think I, I want to go back and watch. Now I want to go back and watch that part of episode three and see where are the holes because Filoni's filling them in. Because this is how, this is how you wrap up the Filoni-verse because the Filoni-verse starts, starts in that time period. I mean, it's, it's, it's Clone Wars. So you take, it's the end of Clone Wars, the end of episodes, it's the end of season six. And Filoni loves to do this. He loves to wrap it all together. So I think this is a perfect way, again, for us to get to the end of Clone Wars, see, see um, uh, Order 66 from another perspective, <laughs> which is going to be Padme and Grogu's perspective. And then we get a, a clean little package all wrapped up in a bow. I'm excited. I love theory crafting with you. This is great. I'm very, very excited for next week. <laughs> Because I, I, I have so many questions. I have a thousand questions. Well, yeah, the can of worms is open now on that. So we'll see what the internet says over the course of the week, too. Watch, um, all the news like, will drop after we're done recording. <laughs> like five minutes from now. Uh -huh. yeah. Thank you for listening. If you're at PAX and you see me and Tim on the floor, just come say hi. I'm more than happy to, uh, to uh, chat Star Wars or something with you for a few. We could theory craft. Tweet us your theories. That's what we'd love for you to do at Star Wars Scotch, at Star Wars Scotch, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. Uh, rate, review, subscribe on all the episodes, too. That helps us as well. Make sure you're following Tim, Darkness429 everywhere. Streaming fb.gg slash Darkness429, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. Eastern. Uh, and everything I do is at raredrop.co. But if you want to chat with me, it's kmagic101 on Instagram and KevinXVision on Twitter. But we hope you have a great week. Uh, this has been quite an episode, uh, longer than usual, but well worth the chit-chat. And we will catch up with you next week when we see how things play out in The Bad Batch and The Mandalorian. Uh, we're just a few weeks away from Star Wars Celebration. It's an exciting, exciting time! It's a good time to be a Star Wars fan. It really, really is. And if you're not into it, that's cool. There's plenty of other IPs you can enjoy. Yeah, what the hell are you talking. doing here if you're not into Star Wars? Get out of here. Go. Yeah. Leave. Turn yeah, it off. Just like... 
just just go follow like Warhammer or something if that's what you're into. It's, it's fine. But Tim, am I supposed to take it away? Oh yeah, we're done. May the force be with you. Bye. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn five dollars into one hundred and fifty dollars instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code Champion One Hundred and Fifty. Then. Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.